Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show dedicated to workplace and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Today's show goes to the two extremes, happiness and sadness, with a dose of unease in the middle. First, happiness. I must wish you all a happy, if a little belated, International Workers' Day. On the first Sunday of May, the union movement in Australia celebrates International Workers' Day with barbecues and marches. In Melbourne, I was lucky enough to speak to one of the May Day committee for her thoughts on the importance of May Day. May Day is a very important day still, isn't it? Oh, May Day is exceptionally important because May Day highlights that that all the gains, that the conditions, that the rights that workers have um, right, right around the world were won through struggle and through solidarity and through unity of the working class. And that is the unity and solidarity of the, un- of the working class means that it's... Um, it's workers from all nations, worker, workers from all regions, um, and it's not based on, on colour or, or religion. And uh, that's the significance of, of May Day. So that um, it, May Day is probably now more than ever important because it, it unites the working classes, unites the working people, and it also identifies the common enemy or identifies the real source of um, of people's problems and hardships, so and it's not the it's not the the racist propaganda um, or identifying other people from different colours or different nations or different religions as being the cause of unemployment or the hardships. So in that sense, May Day is, is a very significant because it does significant event in that it does unite the, the workers and working people. Come all of you good workers, good news to you I'll tell of how the good old union has come in here to dwell. Oh. Which side are you 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 on? Don't scab for the bosses don't listen to their lies Cause us poor folks haven't got a chance Unless we organise Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Which side are you Which side are you on? 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 Now we need to consider the dose of uneasiness that resulted from a recent decision of the Fair Work Commission. In Queensland in 2010, you might remember the Bligh government privatised parts of the rail service, making a company called Horizon. Horizon is now the largest freight operator in Australia. Horizon went to the Fair Work Commission recently to dispense with the conditions workers retained during the sale of public assets into private hands. I spoke to Stuart Pims, Executive Officer of the Rail, Tram and Bus Union of Australia, to find out what happened and why we should all be afraid, very afraid, as the horror movies put it. 
Horizon is one of the country's largest rail freight companies. Uh, it not only provides rail freight services, it owns a lot of the tracks that those services run on. Uh, and it was formed out of the privatisation of Queensland Rail's freight business uh, several years ago. So it is a company that um, enjoys quite a significant market share in Queensland and now it, uh, it also has operations across the country. It's a very profitable company and it's a company that was previously owned by the people of Queensland. Now, we know that because of the last election in particular, that uh, Queenslanders in general haven't been uh, overly uh, happy with the concept of privatisation. A lot of people would say that uh, the result that uh, happened in the last election in Queensland would uh, stem from people's aversion to privatisation. Can you talk to us about that? Yes, so what happened when when the former Queensland government uh, sold off of that part of Queensland Rail uh, was that it made a number of commitments to its workforce and to the Queensland community around the um, wages and conditions of those employees because uh, up until that point, obviously, those people had been uh, employees of the Queensland government through a government-owned corporation. And as you've alluded to, there's a lot of community opposition and, and scepticism about the, the value or benefits of privatisation. So the Queensland government tried to um, mitigate against those concerns by ensuring that the workers would not be uh, badly affected, uh, at least during the period of their enterprise agreement, by ensuring that their wages and conditions were protected and were in an agreement that would carry over under the new owner uh, or the new private company. Like um, no forced redundancies and maternity leave were an important part of their um, existing agreement, and they carried on to um, to, the, to the new structure of the company. Okay, so uh, and just recently we've had the uh, Fair Work Commission. There's been a hearing around a variety of these conditions, and it's been quite groundbreaking, hasn't it? Even though the government uh, made an agreement when it was going to privatise these resources. Now it was possible for the company Horizon to go to the Fair Work Commission and overturn those initial agreements. That's right. So the the initial um, uh, enterprise agreement that was in place has now expired. Uh, And what normally happens when you have an enterprise agreement that lasts for a period of time and and that time ends is that you renegotiate a new agreement based on what you previously had. So you negotiate changes uh, that might be around um, leave, pay, rostering, and you use as your basis the, the, um, the agreement that expired. And that was the expectation of everyone at Horizon, that as the, um, a whole raft of agreements, in fact 12 expired, that um, they would renegotiate uh, new terms with the company going forward. Now what the company has done, has it has applied to the Fair Work Commission uh, to have all of those existing agreements terminated, so they no longer apply. That means that the starting point for the new round of negotiations over future enterprise agreements is not the existing uh, existing agreement with all of the conditions and uh, pay that they previously had. It is going back to what's called the, um, the award, which is essentially the employment standards or safety net that underpins everyone's work. What this means for the employees at Horizon is that um, their starting point for a new agreement has moved and it's moved fairly dramatically downwards um, to a position which 
gives um, uh, the negotiating strength very much in the hands of the company and all of the conditions that were previously protected uh, have been wiped away with the stroke of the pen. So we'll get the, make this clear that uh, the sweeteners that were put in place when they were negotiating the privatisation of the state resources lasted for no longer than four and a bit years. That's right. So when the when the agreements expired, uh, instead of renegotiating those um, protections, uh, they've just been wiped away. Now the Fair Work Commission were they were a, a, the decision was put around the notion that uh, the these conditions, uh, these twelve items, were unproductive and therefore they should be wiped away. That was so that was what it was about. The argument in the Commission was essentially uh, over the public interest and whether or not wiping away those um, employment protections and those conditions was in the public interest or not. Uh, and the Commission has decided um, that it agrees with the company's argument. The company's argument, argument was that anything which makes its workplace more productive is in the public interest and the Commission has agreed with that. Now, we disagree with that. Um, quite strongly. We think that the public in interest is much more broader than simply what the company decides. Uh, for example, Horizon is a major employer in regional Queensland and uh, the implications of this decision will hit a lot of uh, people in regional Queensland and regional communities that, that um, exist along rail lines uh, and the implications for them should be considered as part of the public interest as well. So what, am I clear in uh, saying that the uh, adjudication at the Fair Work Commission basically was based on the notion that uh, productivity equaling profit is the uh, only gauge of public interest? That was pretty much the bottom line from the Commission. The Commission has made a decision of what's in the public interest based on what the company put forward. And the company put forward that it would be more productive and more competitive if it got rid of this agreement. <clears throat> now, that's ironic from a company that that was previously a public instrumentality that has around 70 to 75% of the market share in uh, coal freight in, uh, in Queensland and even owns the tracks that the trains run on that it's claiming it can't be competitive unless it uh, can undermine the wages and conditions of its employees. And also a company that recently posted a $308 million half-yearly profit. So we find that argument to be um, to be spurious, but unfortunately the Commission has agreed with the company. Now let's go back and uh, look at uh, what this means on the ground. Uh, so we're talking about getting rid of maternity leave, get, getting rid of uh, the, in, uh, the idea that you can't uh, uh, have forced in uh, redundancies, uh, and obviously that means that there are no job security protections. Yeah, look, it, it, because we're dealing with um, 12 separate enterprise agreements that cover a whole raft of employees, uh, it, the decision has different implications for different workers. But the sort of things that we're talking about, uh, for drivers, it's potentially up to $20,000 a year in lost wages. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's, it's job security provisions, as we discussed, uh, for um, forced redundancies. It's a reduction in maternity leave uh, and, and also changes to rostering arrangements um, and changes to dispute resolution processes. So there's a lot of conditions that have been negotiated over time um, by the employers, employers and the workers uh, that have simply been uh, washed away or wiped away in the stroke of the pen.
your union is going to appeal this decision? That's right. We um, uh, we have um, started the process of appealing. Uh, obviously, there's going to be quite a bit of work to do uh, because it's um, a fairly detailed legal process, but we'll certainly be appealing it. And do you agree with Dave Noonan from the ACTU that this could have broad effects across the Australian work landscape? Abs absolutely. This is... Um, this is a decision that doesn't only affect 6,000 railway workers in Queensland, it potentially sets a precedent for other employers once their enterprise agreements are up. Instead of having to negotiate with their employees, they can just apply to the Commission and say, we want to terminate the agreement and start over from scratch and go back to the, the safety net um, paying conditions that are contained in the award. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. You are listening to Stick Together, the only national radio program devoted to industrial news and social justice issues. We have just been talking to Stuart Pims, Executive Officer of the Rail, Tram and Bus Union. His members have just been told that the Fair Work Commission agrees with Verizon management that anything that interferes with productivity, such as maternity leave and job security protections, are not in the public interest and do not have to be retained in EBA negotiations. This decision by the Fair Work Commission potentially turns all future EBA negotiations across Australia on their head. It has led to the question of how far has the Fair Work Commission strayed from the tradition set by the original system of arbitration and conciliation? If you remember, the original system was set up by legislation in 1904 by Justice Higgs to create a fair and balanced society. I asked Professor John Howes, Deputy Dean of the Melbourne Law School at Melbourne University, for his opinion. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of changes to the to the role of the Commission over the last decade, or going back even further, um, you know, the last two decades, from its traditional conciliation and arbitration role to this one that we have now where... It's partly responsible for um, enterprise agreements, um, uh, unfair dismissals, bullying, uh, as well as playing, still playing a dispute resolution kind of function under awards and and agreements. So, do you think that there's a sort of a, a political agenda or a, a going on that you know means that when they uh, quite often people think, I believe, that uh, this, and even the name implies it, Fair Work Commission, that it is about, uh, in some ways, about a fair balance of work and uh, home life, that sort of thing. Uh, but actually, it's much more focused on productivity, effectively. Yeah, well, look, that's, you know, certainly the... Um the legislation now much more expressly includes kind of productivity as a a key consideration for the commission 
um, to take into account. Look, my view on this is, you know, the, the Commission, the, tr- the Federal Tribunal has always tried to balance, you know, fairness to workers and um, protecting the minimum standards of workers against economic considerations. It's always done that. Um, I guess what's changed is, you know, I mean, in, um, is that, you know, it's its jurisdiction has been narrowed in a lot of ways. So it's sort of, in the past, has played much, a much bigger role in creating new standards. You know, the um, test cases over, you know, family leave or that sort of thing uh, in the past was, you know, were fought out in the commission and the commission would arbitrate on what was going to be the new standard of of leave in the... Um, in awards and that sort of thing, whereas now, you know, it's kind of got. Um, I mean, this decision really—it's sort of taking away standards. You know, it's um, it's deciding that these standards that had been negotiated in enterprise agreements are going to be taken away. So, um, it's sort of got less of that standard creation role because they have a much lesser role in the award system than they used to. Um, and you know, when you're supervising enterprise agreements, I guess there are a lot of different considerations at stake and it's not not the same as the, their old award arbitration role. What role does uh, legislation play in uh, narrowing that uh, focus for uh, a body that's dealing with these issues? Well, the legislation sets the parameters of the commission's jurisdiction. So, if we go back before, if we go back before 1996, for example, um, there were there were very few limits on what the commission could decide to put in an award. Um, for example, um, uh, if if a dispute came before the commission between unions and employers arguing about conditions in a, in an award, the the Commission could very broadly decide what what that award was going to contain. From 1996 onwards, you started to see a lot more constraints around what sort of matters the Commission could put in awards or decide had to be in an award. So you have the legislation expressly said, you know, from 1996, as an example, only you can now only um, set conditions within a limit of 20 broad conditions. Uh, And now modern awards effectively contain about 10 conditions. So that's a change that's been brought about by legislation, by the the statute saying these are the only matters you can have any say over. Also, the, the legislation's giving the Commission this role over enterprise bargaining or this involvement in enterprise bargaining, it's it's saying, you know, the Commission can terminate agreements on these kind of grounds. Uh, it's a legislation which is saying the Commission, you know, has to take into account productivity um, as well as, you know, um, providing a safety net for workers and that sort of thing. So... You know, the legislation's directing them as to what sort of considerations they can take into account. So, you know, the Commission still has some discretion within those parameters, but there's no doubt the legislation has, 
you know, has taken away a lot of the role that the commission, that the tribunal used to have, and also created, you know, new roles or different roles for the tribunal. Yeah, so over this horizon uh, decision, uh, some union uh, representatives have said that it, in effect it's a race to the bottom, it, it, that it's only about uh, everything will be thrown out uh, and it's, un- it's taking the Australian workplace landscape to uh, be set at the lowest uh, level that is at that safety net that uh, and I suppose then I presume there will be a chipping away at that well that's right I mean it's a pretty dangerous precedent because generally what our systems become is a system where awards and the national employment standards which are the minimum standards set by the Fair Work Act are the safety net and it's always been assumed that enterprise bargaining allows you to bargain up you know to agree to additional conditions and um, over and above that safety net you know so your your kind of awards have become the 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 rock bottom if you like Um, but that you've got scope if you can negotiate an enterprise agreement to go above that but this is you know this is basically saying look you know um, in these sorts of circumstances we're prepared to take things that were agreed away um, and and take you back to the to the lower end of the scale of standards. I guess there is an expectation that the tribunal's there to look after, you know, workers' interests to some degree, on the assumption that they're, you know, often in a, a position of lesser bargaining power, um, and that you know the use of that term fair. Um, you know, send some sort of signal that that's sort of going to be maintained when it's it's not necessarily the case because the, the tribunals. I mean, there's there's all sorts of different ways you can interpret fair. You know, um, employers might say, well, you know, that means fair to us as well. You know, it's not not just fair what fair to workers, um, but it does imply certainly uh, due process. You know, uh, natural justice. Um, you know, I guess we need to be careful, you know, about how significant this decision is. Um, it could set a dangerous precedent, as I mentioned, um, but um, you know, is it really signalling that the tribunal is going to be, you know, taking away people's standards that they've thought they'd negotiated in the future? I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I don't think it's part of a broad trend for the tribunal to be, you know, less worker-friendly or less fair to workers. Um, but but time's going to tell with that, I suppose. Is there anything else you want to say on this issue? Look, there's no doubt this is a, a really um, significant decision. Um, and, um, you know, I'd be very interested to see whether there's an appeal and whether this... Um, you know, whether we see a flood of employer claims to have agreements terminated on the basis that, you know, economic circumstances have changed since they negotiated the agreement. And if and if there is a flood of those claims and they and some of them succeed, then I think then we should be very concerned about where the system's going. But um if this is just a one off then 
um, yeah, well, be, be interesting to see. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Coming at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost, and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but Muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchist Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, worker stories and union news. Grassroots Voices broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. You are listening to Stick Together Show. At the beginning of the show, I said there would be happiness, unease and sadness. The sadness is the shocking loss of life and destruction in Nepal. The ACTU-run Union Aid Abroad, AFIDA, is running an appeal to help with Nepalese reconstruction. If you are able to donate, you can either go online or ring 1800 674. That number again, 1800 888 674. That's it for Stick Together today. Over the next few weeks, we would like you to consider 3CR's upcoming Radiothon. If you have enjoyed listening to our program or any of the other nationally broadcast 3CR shows on the CRN network, Go to 3cr.org.au and make your donation count to a better Australia. Thanks to you for listening. We have to thank Stuart Pims from the RTBU and Professor John Howe from the Melbourne Law School for talking with us today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at stick.together at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time. <laughs> Avanti popolo, Alanis rossa, bandiera rossa trionferà. Bandiera rossa la trionferà, bandiera rossa la trionferà, bandiera rossa la trionferà. E viva il socialismo e la libertà, the people on the march, the roads are treading. That lead to freedom, that lead to freedom. The hour of struggle's here, our courage needing, our banners leading to victory. Raise then the scarlet flag triumphantly. Raise then the scarlet flag triumphantly. Raise then the scarlet flag triumphantly. We fight for socialism and our liberty. Avanti popolo, alla riscossa, 
bandiera rossa, bandiera rossa, avanti popolo alla riscossa, bandiera rossa trionferà. Bandiera rossa la trionferà, bandiera rossa la trionferà, bandiera rossa la trionferà, evviva il socialismo e la libertà.